If we are honest with each other, there are some parts of the Bible that are just plain hard to read. Am I right? One of those books for me is Revelation. Today's guest has written a devotional tackling this hard book, but drawing our eyes and hearts toward the truth and hope presented in Revelation. I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. I am Eva Kabashik, and this is Bible Study Made Simple. Have you ever felt intimidated or confused by the Bible? Or maybe you've started studying the Bible before, but haven't found a way to incorporate it into your regular routine. The Bible Study Made Simple podcast is here to help you move from intimidated and confused to confident and joyful in your approach to scripture and to help you find a routine that sticks. The goal isn't checking off a box perfectly, but instead our goal is an intimate connection with the God of the Bible plus having tons of fun along the way. Rachel Schmoyer helps Christians find simple truth in the hard parts of scripture. She is the author of Take It to Heart, 30 Days Through Revelation, and she blogs at readthehardparts.com. Rachel has a BS in Bible from Kern University. Welcome to the Bible Study Made Simple podcast, Rachel. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for inviting me. I really am glad to be here. And having Bible study made simple is like a perfect match. I, re- I really enjoy that topic and um, I'm glad to speak to your listeners today. Absolutely. So you have a book called Take It Heart, and this is actually a devotional on revelation. Can you tell us a little bit maybe about why you decided to tackle revelation with a devotional? Sure, because, well, that doesn't get done very often, does it? <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, just for my own walk with the Lord, you know, I tend to go to familiar passages that are a little easier. And my Bible study fellowship group was going to do Revelation. I thought, oh, this is something harder. This is something I was uh, part of me was like, I don't know if I can do this. And the arrogant part of me said, oh, you did this in Bible college you can tell those people a thing or two in your Bible study group. So, you know, you can do it. But honestly, when we went through it together, I learned a lot because of how the ladies approached it, not like a college class, but just like how we would other easier parts of scripture, you read it, find out what truth applies to today. And as I was going through that Bible study, I kept finding things that I wanted to point out to people and I just kind of collected them. And um, that's turned into the book. That is so cool. It's such a good book. I read it um, just recently, and I was so surprised at how approachable you made Revelation, because I think that so often Revelation is extraordinarily intimidating. I would say it's like the most intimidating book of the Bible. And so just seeing how approachable it was and how you pointed out specific things to look for as you're reading through revelation was just really powerful. And um, could you go ahead and share with us a few things to look for? If maybe one of our people wants to read through revelation. Sure. That'd be great. So I thought of four things in particular that I think would be helpful to your listeners that kind of keeps the Bible study in revelation simple. So the first one is to look for descriptions of Jesus 
So the reason this keeps a Bible study in Revelation simple is because Jesus is something we're already familiar with, obviously, from other parts of Scripture and just from his own work in our lives. And if we focus on Jesus and Revelation, we don't get bogged down with the harder stuff. We can just read it. And sure, there's going to be plenty of things where we have no idea what that means. But let's just focus on Jesus and then we'll be able to get through uh, you know, maybe your first time reading through Revelation. Um, so for example, um, one of the ways this stood out to me, and I have wrote about this in the book as well, was when John, who wrote the book of Revelation, um, this is John the disciple, um, and he in the first chapter of Revelation is on the island of Patmos because he's in exile. And there on the island, one day Jesus appears to him. And he appears to him, as Jesus, as John describes, in a very bright and light um, description. So his hair is like wool. His eyes are like flames of fire. And his feet are like burnished bronze. So he's like glowing. Jesus is just glowing. And when I read that, at first I thought, well, this is weird. I don't remember Jesus being described like this before. But after I thought about it, I thought, no, this is familiar because John is the one who tells us in his gospel that Jesus said, I am the light of the world and those who follow me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then this became familiar. I'm like, oh, this is the Jesus that John knows, the Jesus that I know. And what a comforting picture to have that up front in Revelation to know that as a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm on his side. I'm on the side of light. So even as we walk through this book of Revelation, where there is darkness described, I don't have to be afraid of that because I'm with Jesus, who is the light. So going on in Revelation, there's other pictures of Jesus that are familiar, like the lamb. He's called the lamb very often in Revelation. Um, also, at the end of Revelation in chapter 19, we have a description of Jesus coming on, coming as a rider in the white horse. Now, that might be a little unfamiliar to us, but there's parts in that description of chapter 19 that are familiar to us, too. So that's the first way I think that your listeners could, you know, keep Revelation simple. Look for Jesus because he's familiar. That's so helpful. Now, I always, I use a color code whenever I study the Bible. That's one of my favorite ways to study the Bible. And um, I always look for, you know, characteristics of God, who Jesus is, all of these things, the Holy Spirit moving. And I always mark those in purple. And so we could just like mesh our two approaches right there. Yes. <laughs> look, look for Jesus and mark it in purple. <laughs> That's so good. Yes. What else do we look for in Revelation? So I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned marking and keywords because that's my next way that I, was helpful to me in studying Revelation and keeping it simple. And so um, I'm sure you've talked about inductive Bible study then with yes. So I'm a big fan of Kay Arthur and her inductive study Bible and like you said marking keywords. And um, so I think that's a big help because again, it's familiar. A lot of these keywords and themes are familiar. So again, in Revelation, when things about beasts or dragons might be unfamiliar, if we're focusing on these familiar keywords, then it's going to be helpful. And I do have a free um, download of a Revelation like keyword bookmark, and you don't even need to give an email for it. It's just strictly free. That's so awesome. maybe we can put the link for that 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Somewhere. I want to download it. So I'll grab, okay. I'll grab that link <laughs> and I'll put that in the description of this podcast okay, great. episode. So again, these keywords are familiar themes from other parts in scripture. So they will help us keep revelation simple for us. So one thing that stood out to me was the word repent, because we're familiar with the word repentance in other parts of scripture and descriptions of salvation. And particularly in Revelation, there are parts where there's a lot of judgment that's described, um, the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the bowl judgments. And sometimes we wonder why, why all this judgment? You know, why are we telling about all these scary things, really? But um, when we see the word repent in part of those uh, passages, like after the trumpet judgments in Revelation 9, John comments that even after all these things, people of the earth still do not repent from the works of their hands. And that reminds me that part of why God is doing these judgments is because he desires for unbelievers to repent and turn to him. And that kind of helps me understand the judgment passages a little better. It helps me understand the heart of God and his love for us. But also repent is not just used for unbelievers. It's also used for believers in the book of Revelation as well, especially in chapters two and three, when Jesus has messages to the churches and almost every one of those messages, Jesus says, repent, turn back to me. So as a believer in Jesus Christ, it reminds me if I've screwed up, God hasn't written me off. I can, he still wants me to repent and turn back to him. And that's just a beautiful, again, the heart of God, both for the unbeliever and the believer um, and his love for us. That is so good. And that actually reminds me of a quote that I underlined while I was in your book. Um, it, you said, I don't need to have a drama filled testimony in order for it to be powerful. The blood of the lamb is the power of any testimony. And I just wanted to like scream amen after reading that, because I think so often, especially for those of us that may have grown up in church or, you know, we're like, oh, well, I don't have this awesome story. And we can listen to those testimonies and just be in awe of the power of God. But we should be able to listen to any testimony and be in awe of the power of God because we are all repenting. We are all turning away from our sin and rejecting God. Ultimately, every single one of us has rejected God, but being able to repent and come back to him, it's just such a powerful image that you uh, share in your book. Thank you. Yes, it's, it is. It is true. Like, <clears throat> like you, I grew up in church. So like, I totally understand them you know, oh, my testimony is boring, but, <laughs> but it's not about that. It's about God and his love for us. So that's one of the things that I learned from doing the keywords. Um, another thing that helps me when I study Revelation and to keep it simple is to know how to use the cross references in your Bible. Now, a lot of journaling Bibles might not have this or um, maybe more simple Bibles that are just made for just straight reading. But if you have a study Bible, you probably will have cross references. And what that looks like is almost like a footnote. So it'll have a little letter usually by a phrase or a word that's in a Bible verse. And then usually on the margins of the book, it'll have that letter again. And then it'll point to another scripture passage. 
And the point of that is so that if there's something in that book, it'll tell you somewhere else in the Bible where that same word or concept is mentioned. And that is a big help to keeping this simple to go through Revelation. Because again, it's building on what's familiar to you already. Now, to be honest, you got to know some Old Testament in order to know Revelation. And I remember my Bible college professor saying when we would go through Revelation, oh, well, we know this picture because it's an Ezekiel. And I remember thinking to myself, Ezekiel? Who does knows any, Ezekiel? Know, does anybody know Ezekiel? <laughs> uh, not that I know of. <laughs> and that's how I felt you know, at the time. But now 20 years later, as I've read through scripture, just little bit by little bit, He's right. Now parts of Revelation do sound familiar to me because of Ezekiel and maybe Revelation. Then when I turn to Ezekiel, then Ezekiel, go, I, in Ezekiel, I'll say, oh, I know that from Revelation. So, but those cross references really help. So maybe if you're in Revelation and you say, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. You can use the cross references to point you to where else in the Bible you might have come across that concept before. So one example of this might be the throne room of God. And in Revelation chapter four, we have these four really weird looking creatures that have eyes all over them. One has a face like a lion. One has a face like a beast. One has a face like a man. Uh, one flies like an eagle. It looks really weird. <laughs> but we know that also in Ezekiel chapter one and chapter 10, and also in Isaiah chapter six, when he gets his call to be a prophet, we saw those creatures already. So that kind of tells us, oh, I know where we are now. I know that we're in the throne room of God because those creatures are there. Um, and so, yes, they look really weird. And they're, you know, it's a poetic language. What do they really look like? I don't know, but I think we're going to know and we're going to recognize that in heaven. We're like, oh, there's those creatures. So. Um, so again, using the cross references are going to help you find the familiar in what's in Revelation. So I have one more way that I th was helpful to me for studying Revelation and keeping it simple, and that is to draw or sketch or paint or do some visual depiction of the content of the book or the truth of the book. And one of the big reasons I think this works is because the book of Revelation is largely apocalyptic literature, which is something we don't normally read today. It's not really a popular thing, but, but it's a description of visions. So John is writing down what he saw. And so that pairs so well with us drawing what he is describing he saw, right? Because it's a visual thing. And so again, there's elements of poetry in there of when he says, this is like this, this is like that. We don't know, does that mean it's shining like that? And it does, you know, there's some poet poetry there, but we get the point across as far as what the visual nature of his vision that he is describing to us when we draw it as well. So um, if you're not artsy, that's okay. Don't be turned off by this. Um, you know, method, stick figures are totally fine. If you're just jotting down stick figures on a scrap piece of paper, it's still going to give you a visual image of whatever John is describing. But if you are artsy, you're going to love this suggestion and really get into it. So now sometimes in 
um, I think this is a step beyond maybe traditional Bible journaling, um, just because of the more visual nature of it. Um, not just pulling out maybe a phrase or a word, but actually drawing what you're seeing. I have a friend who is an author. Her name is Ginny Merritt. And I met her at a writer's conference recently. And we had a mutual friend who knew that we both loved Revelation and she couldn't wait to set us up to see each other. So I finally got to meet Ginny and she came up to me with her canvas bag, bulging with these two huge binders. And she pulled one out and opened it up and it was like a pop-up book of the things that she had described and learned from Revelation. She used different fabric. She used collage. She used um, different moving parts like a pop-up book would be. And it wasn't something for publication. It was from her own quiet time in Revelation. But she wanted that visual picture of what she had learned. And that helps her remember it, too, to be able to have these visualizations of it. So if somebody wants to dive into doing the visual, but they're a little hesitant about it, some easy passages are, again, those throne room or heaven scenes, because there's a lot of color described there. There's a lot of texture even described there with things being glassy or shiny. Um, so if you look in chapters four and five, chapter seven, chapter 11, chapter 14, and then chapters 20 to 22, you'll find some throne room scenes that would be easy, maybe easier maybe to dip your toe into visualizing. That is so cool. I think that I would definitely be in the stick figure camp, but I <laughs> love the idea of visualizing what you're actually reading. So you can put, it's mm -hmm. almost like you can touch it a little bit of like, you yes. put, a, put a handle on it so you can kind of understand a little bit more of what you're seeing as you're reading. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That is so good. Awesome. So um, if somebody is wanting to approach Revelation to actually like study it for themselves, or maybe they want to pick up, take it to heart and mm -hmm. um, go through Revelation. One of the things that I'm really big on when it comes to Bible study is background information. Can mm -hmm. you give us a little bit of background information as we're approaching the book? Yeah, so there's some helpful uh, background information that's good to know. Um, first of all, is the genre of literature that it is. You know, just like, you know, Psalms is poetry. So you're going to approach it in one way, different than maybe you'd approach Genesis, which is narrative or story. And Revelation is kind of unique because it's made up of several different kinds of genres. Um, it is a letter. You'll see that as the greeting that's in the in the front and kind of the wrapping it up at the end of the book. So it is an epistle. It is um, a letter. It's also prophecy, which a lot of times we think of prophecy as telling the future. But in biblical prophecy, Prophecy is really God gave a message to somebody to tell somebody else. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing with John in that book. And that's told um, very clearly in Revelation chapter two and three, where we have these messages to the churches. But a bulk of it, like we said already, is apocalyptic literature, something we're really not used to, to reading. So um, there is mixture of how you approach poetry to it. There's mixture of how you approach um, uh, story to it. 
So that's unique. And that's going to be the hard part of Revelation, really. So I would just encourage somebody, just keep reading it because, yeah, I mean, you're going to come up with things. Like, I have no idea what's going on. Is this really a dragon or is this like a poetic description of something else we're used to? Um, another way to thing that's helpful when I read it too, and I get stuck on some of these visions is not only do we have some element of the poetry, but we have some cultural barriers there because John is living in the first century and he's seeing things that are happening in the future and then coming back and then telling them to people in the first century. So uh, maybe a good analogy of this would be, let's say George Washington comes and spends a day with us in 2022. And then he goes back and he tries to describe to Ben Franklin what he saw what words is he going to use for computer? What words is he going to use for the internet or yeah. for like, there's not like, you know, 1700s terminology necessarily to describe that. Yeah. So I can imagine George Washington say, well, it's kind of like, uh, you know, so there's some element of that where there's going to be barriers to direct um, understanding of it. You know, again, that poetic, uh, part of it. So that, that might be helpful for readers to understand. Oh, that is so good. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing with us a little bit about Revelation and your book, Take It to Heart. Can you uh, tell us where we could find you if we want to follow up with you online? Sure. Um, you can follow me on Facebook um, at Read the Hard Parts. Um, my blog is Read the Hard Parts of Scripture. Um, where I dig into different hard parts of scripture and find simple truth in those mm -hmm. passages. Um, so you can find me there on my website, readthehardparts.com. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at schmoyer underscore Rachel, or I love Twitter too. So at schmoyer underscore Rachel on Twitter as well. And you can find the book, Take It to Heart, 30 Days Through Revelation, that's on Amazon, or it's available on Barnes & Noble. It's also available um, from the publisher, which is Crosslink Publishers, um, and it's available on Kindle or paperback. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I'll have those links down in the description of this episode as well. Well, we sure do appreciate you coming and sharing with us today. Thank you, Eva. It was so nice to be here. Thank you for listening to episode 30 of the Bible Study Made Simple podcast. If you found this podcast helpful, would you mind leaving a five-star review? These reviews are so important to help more people find the podcast, and I am so grateful for every single one. I can't wait to chat again on Bible Study Made Simple.